I have a, a continued series on eyes. It seems to be, and my dad was questioning me yesterday and making a joke as we were going up the escalator or something. He goes, are you sure both eyes are working or is it just one eye? One's short and one's long. And I was like, well, I don't know now. No, I'm freaking out. I'm getting such eye talking issues right now. I'm studying everything. Like, where is it blurry? Where is it not? And, um, and so I was thinking, I thought, God, you're really trying to talk to me about my eyes. Why? What is it about my eyes? And we've been talking about Abraham and Lot, right? And we said about long sight and short-sightedness. And I thought, well, what if you live life with both eyes? What does that look like in the, in the Word? If you've got one eye that's always looking to the faith, the eye of faith, and you've got the short eye that's looking at the circumstance. So you've got short sight and long sight. Is that actually godly? Because I know that you get corrected vision lenses and it balances your eyes so that everything's back in 2020. So you can see everything, right? And... Uh, so just a, as a quick message this morning, continuing, you know, when we challenged, we were challenged by the Lord about having the eyes of faith and not being walking by sight. In the same way, maybe we need to assess our lives. Are we sometimes living on both sides of the fence almost, if you like, you know, where we're looking at the long distance at, in the eyes of faith, but we're still got this le left eye or whichever one it is still studying the closeness, you know, and we're not fully submitted to putting on God's lenses and looking at a distance because I was as you read on in Genesis, you know, we were studying some parts. Um, LL, you can you can hear the word on Monday because we recorded it just for your spiritual. Mm -hmm. No, just joke, but it is there. Um, you know, when Abraham and Lot separated, Lot obviously went to Sodom and he took hold and then he lived that life. He took what was immediately before him and he probably looked successful. And God actually, you know, sometimes people think Lot was just a uh, unrighteous guy, but actually his, his righteousness, it says in the word, was vexed. Like he, was, he had a conscience when he was there. He had a problem with those things. So he had a a walk in faith. And I thought, man, when I find myself potentially in short-sighted mode, and then I find myself vexed spiritually because what am I doing here or things are not quite right, that's good. That's the Spirit of God leading us. And uh, But I'm just going to jump forward because then what happens is there's an encounter with kings and then basically there's an invasion. You know, the results of living that short-sighted life, Lot gets caught up. These kings invade in chapter 14. I'll just read a couple bits. Uh, it says here in verse 11, The victorious invaders then plundered Sodom and Gomorrah and headed for a home, taking with them all the spoils of war and food supplies. So Sodom was plundered, right? They also captured Lot, Abraham's nephew who lived in Sodom, and carried off everything he owned. So Lot got swept up in the, in the mess of Sodom, right? And then one of Lot's men basically escaped and reported everything to Abraham. So Abraham's like, I'm going to jump to action. And one thing I was meditating about Abraham, you think, right, he's one of the heroes of the faith. He's so famous. Even those that don't believe in Jesus know about Abraham. You know, the Muslims, anyone, they respect and honor that dude. But if you think about it, 
did he have a huge army? I was looking at his army. He's trained men. You think, oh yeah, he must have had a huge amount. He only had 318 trained men. It's, it's not like he came with, and did he do anything like super crazy? Did he do like a Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego kind of thing? Or there wasn't anything really that said him like, wow, he's like the big stage superstar. He just believed and he, was, he lived a life of complete surrender. That's really what I see in Abraham. He surrendered himself to God and, and you know and God brought through the promises and the and the inheritance God gave him was because he was surrendered and it says later on in verse 15 and Abraham believed the Lord the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith that's really the epitome you know that's probably on his tombstone he believed in the Lord and God counted him righteous so anyway so going back to this story so Abraham mobilized the 318 trained men, not very many. Uh, he had born into his household, so he'd been fostered a faithfulness there. Then he pursued um, this guy, Kidor Laomer's army, until he caught up with them Dan. And then he had, a, he had a strategy. He divided his men and attacked during the night. Um, this guy's army fled, but Abraham chased um, them as far as Hobah, north of Damascus. Abraham recovered all the goods that he had taken that had been taken and he brought back his nephew Lot with his possessions and all the women and all the captives and all the other captives. Um, so obviously what a victory. There's a chance here where he could have been raised up again. And this is where I see the difference between Lot and Abraham. And maybe Lot had a bit of a long side and a short side mix because his, his, his conscience, his righteousness was vexed. So that was part of his long side. But he was still living short-sighted. He was living by sight. Because this is a chance where Abraham could have felt, yeah. Because it says this, Melchizedek, Melchizedek blesses Abraham, right? So when Abraham returned over that victory on all his allies, the king of Sodom went out to meet him in the valley. Um, so the king comes up because obviously he's come back victorious, brought everything back. The great warrior. And Melchizedek, the king of Salem and a priest of God Most High, brought Abraham some bread and wine. So there's honor. And, and, and Melchizedek, Melchizedek blessed Abraham with this blessing. Blessed be Abraham by God Most High, creator of heaven and the earth. And blessed be God Most High who has defeated your enemies for you. And then Abraham gave, gave Melchizedek a tenth of all the goods he had recovered. I mean, that's a whole nother story there where he actually honored Melchizedek as a high priest. Because he gave him a tenth. So there's a picture of like, you're the, the royal priesthood, I will give you a tenth. But that's not what I'm looking at today. I want to look at how Abraham reacts to uh, the, 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 the king of Sodom's goods. Because, you know, he's come back and it's very easy to go from long sight to short sight. And almost feel like, well, it's my right now. I got the victory. You know, and we spoke about that being short sighted and long sighted. It was Abraham's right to take that inheritance. Instead, he gave it. He let somebody else take that inheritance, the, what looked like a, a good inheritance in the immediacy, in the short-sightedness. The king of Sodom then said to Abraham, Give back my people who were captured, but you may keep for yourself all the goods you have recovered. So there's an offer like, here, let's make a trade. Let's look at what you've done and let's make a trade. And I thought, man, I can get into my short-sighted flesh if I try to reason in myself that I deserve this. I've worked for it. I just, I just finished the battle. I've got some scars to show for it. 
I'm kind of exhausted. So actually, I should get some goodies. That's where me personally, I could get into short-sighted mode. My one eye is still on the on faith, and the other eye could get misled, short-sighted by sight. Abraham, Abraham replied to the king of Sodom, and I love this. This is why God counted them as righteous, right? I solemnly swear to the Lord, God most high, creator of heaven and earth, that I will not take so much as a single thread or sandal thong from what belongs to you. Otherwise, you might say, I am the one who made Abraham rich. You see, even though it looked good, and actually he kind of deserved it, right? I mean, it's like, come on, dude, you fought for that. You deserve this. Abraham never lost his long-sighted vision, even when it looked okay. So I was thinking, let's ask ourselves the question, even when things look like, man, I deserve this right now, <clears throat> have we taken the time to ask the Lord, should I still surrender even this at this moment to make sure that all the glory goes to you, to make sure that I'm really trusting in your inheritance? Because later on, the Lord's covenant promise to Abraham is really fully un unloaded, you know, and, and he starts to walk in the fullness of that. I am the one who made, otherwise, you might say I'm the one who made Abraham rich. I will accept only what my young warriors have already eaten and I request that you give a fair share of the goods to my allies. So he's like, look, let the others... Let others take what they need. But for me, as for me, I'm going to trust in the Lord. I know where my inheritance is. I'm going to keep my eyes firmly on the prize that's way beyond. So if you think about that in life today, I know it's a bit of a joke. You know, I might double vision short and long sighted. But spiritually, it's very easy to lose sight when even it all seems to add up. And so is there anything in life today I want to challenge all of us that we're looking at where potentially, yes, you may deserve it. Yeah, but sometimes God says, you lay down, you be humble, you let the other one go first. You know, I'll, man, oh, I should really, I deserve this. I've worked so hard for this. And this, this young whippersnapper comes up and then you can lose sight of the long vision. Well, God promised me this. And then this comes in, this scenario in life, whatever it is, it could be family, it could be work-related, it could be anything. And then God says, are you willing to keep long-sighted vision? You look, walk by faith and not by sight and not lose sight. Are you willing to basically surrender to me and allow me to give you the inheritance for you? Because that's what Abraham did, right? He would have had a lot of goods. He plundered and got it all back. And the king was like, dude, I'm so thankful for you. You can have what you want. And it's very easy for us to go, yep, I'll be like Abraham. But like when the, when the good times come and there's a potential, looks like a really good result, do we jump? It doesn't mean that we can't grab it or God hasn't given it. But what I want to say is let's pause for a moment and just say, God, is this potential victory that looks like victory and even a reward for my hard work should I take this or is there a moment here where I could, I could go that one step further and surrender even more? So that it's not just in the hard times, but in the good, the victorious times, there's, a, there's an opportunity for us to still push through that little bit deeper in faith because then we can walk and we're really trusting in God. So because Abraham believed, God called unto him righteousness.
So to me, I think Abraham had a really fantastic long vision. You know, he saw through the lens of God and he didn't allow himself to, at this moment anyway, to look down um, or be short-sighted. So today, let's not be double-visioned warriors. Let's make sure we always get the right balance, get the right lens. I know like with my dad, he had laser on one eye and then now he's got a balance and now he's got, he's got like eagle vision, you know? It's like a machine. So he's got a new lens put in the one eye and then they gave him a proper like balance. So everything for him looks like 3D. He explained to me afterwards, you know, like, wow, the colors, the brightness, I see so much more. And he walks with so much more happiness because he's seeing in the right way. Before it was all blurry. You know, and that's what happens if we're looking one long and one short. God says, balance it out to full faith, not half. Because the other one says, I'm going to believe in what I can get. It's a surefire win right away. But God says, just not that we don't take it or potentially it's always a bad thing. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, let's just put it before the Lord and make sure that it's a decision made in full faith, not in half vision faith.